friends around your flickering campfires and listen to tales of daring, horror and special collaborations from the worn pages of history. Remind our dear listeners who we're collaborating with. That building that smells funny. My shed? Uh, No, the other building that smells funny. The Jorvik Viking Centre. It's a marriage made in Valhalla. Jorvik and the Silly History Boys Show. So, without further ado, our tale for today is entitled Thor Goes Fishing. Bit tame. Sorry, Thor goes fishing for the Midgard Serpent. Now we're talking. Sorry. Our tale begins on the frozen tundra of Jotunheim, the land of the giants, the greatest enemies of the gods of Asgard. The mightiest of these aforementioned gods is, of course, Thor, god of thunder, and he is about to drop out of the sky on his mighty chariot, drawn by mighty flying goats. See? Ugh, what a dump. Miles of snow and no sign of a pub. By my hammer, I hate Jotunheim. Focus, Thor. There will be a time to lament the lack of pubs, but we have been sent by Odin to collect the magic cauldron of Hymir the Giant. It is said that it magically brews the best beer in the universe out of thin air. Beer, eh? Salt. So what's the plan? We're going to go over to the Samir's Hall, smash him over the head, nick his cauldron and have a few beers on the way home, eh? Alas, the cauldron is big. Too big to simply steal. And Hymir, well, he's bigger still. Taking it by force would be a tall order, even for you. Plus, you know, man, he's, he's my father, and I'd prefer that we persuaded him to give us the cauldron rather than just murder him. Well, I don't know why they sent me, then. I mean, you're the god of war and justice, dear. Maybe you could talk the old men round. But, but I'm just a simple god. With a magic hammer. Because, Thor, my father is horrible. And a hammer man might well be useful. Now, come on. Thor, the god of thunder, and Tyr, the god of war and justice, set off across the snow toward the hall of Hymir the giant. They had not gone far when they saw the vast timbers of the fortress rising up out of the frozen wastes before them. Uncle Bobo, why is Thor Australian again? Well, does the prose editor say he wasn't? It's because of Hemsworth, Uncle Bilbo. Hemsworth and Marvel. Witty! Thor and Tyr arrived at Hymir's fortress. It was massive and scary looking. Before the great iron door was a welcome mat as wide as a football pitch that read, Go away! in very large letters. And, Or die! in equally large letters. Unafraid, Thor was about to hammer his meaty fist on the door. But instead, Tyr unlocked a smaller door at the foot of the big door. Tyr, mate, do your parents have a cat flap for you? Shut up, Thor! The two Asgardians made their way through the man flap and into the giant's hall. As they picked their way through the dingy tunnel under the door, the sounds and smells of Hymir's home drifted toward them in the dark. First, there was the low rumble of voices, like a sea of cement, crashing back and forth. Then, a great hot wind of roasting beef 
cool, that smell. Some like's fixing a barbie. Eventually, the tunnel opened out into a gargantuan hall, lit with the ruddy red glow of a sooty fireplace the size of a Primark. The black stone floor was littered with gnawed bones, and the whole place had a dark, dank miasma of despair. Like Primark! And it was full of giants. Giants feasting, giants chatting, giants scrawling on their phones, and Thor's hand absentmindedly went to his hammer like a bored dad playing with his car keys as he's led around the Boxing Day sales. Thor could not abide giants. But then, suddenly... Oh, dear, dear my son. Dear mother. Oh, it's so good to see you. I'm sorry I did not send word of my return. Um, oh... Also, this is my friend and chum, Thor, the God of Thunder. That's me. Good eye, missus. Um, yes. Mother, we have come for Father's Cauldron. I know how well he loves it, and also how large it is. That is why I brought Thor with me, for he's the only one strong enough to carry it out. Carry it? Is that all I'm here for? You don't speak to me for months, and then all of a sudden you need my help to move a sofa. Cauldron. Whatever. I'll be carrying you out in a bag. Probably several bags if your father finds out that you've brought four, the giant slayer, here to steal his cauldron. Don't worry, he'll be visiting under an assumed name. From now on, Thor, you are... Um... Oh, yes, you shall be known as... Clive. Clive, God of Thunder? No, just Clive. Then there was a rumble from without the hall. A rumble like distant thunder. Your father is coming! Quick, hide! He's always in the most terrible mood when he gets home. Great bass booming footsteps shook the doorway of the hall. The iron lock turned like a tumbling beer barrel and the huge door yawned open. A set of house keys crashed like girders into a pot next to the front door. A two-story rucksack crashes to the earth, throwing clouds of dust and soot into the air. With a noise like Ragnarok, the front door booms closed, and there stands the giant, giant Heimir. Did you get milk, my love? Oh, fuff! A big boot lashes out blindly. An unfortunate house cat flies off into the distance. Never mind, my love. We have... Guests! Oh, for A big boot lashes out blindly, and another unfortunate house cat flies off into the distance. Now, don't have a violent tantrum in front of our guests, dear. I am not having a tantrum. I'm just expressing myself. <laughs> Finished? Yes, thank you. Uh, who are these guests then? It is your son, Tyr, and his friend, Clive. Uh, come on out, boys! Hello, Tyr, my lad. Uh, still living with those little Asgard slugs, are you? Such a disappointment. Greetings, father. This is my friend, Clive. <clears throat> Clive, the man standing next to me, is Clive. Say hello, Clive! Hello, Clive. Oh, oh, jaw me foot. Um, good day, you stinking giantness. My name's Clive, how are ya? Listen, me and your boy Tear here are starving. 
How about some tucker from your famous midget cauldron, eh? Clive, was it? I have never heard such bull-headed rudeness from a guest in my hall. I like it. Bring the cauldron! We shall eat! The great cauldron was brought forth. It was truly massive and full as well. Full to the brim with delicious, tender beef This stew, stew is beef from my legendary cattle, whom I love more than my own children. Oh, thanks, Dad. Eat your fill, guests. And they did, especially four, for it was the best beef he had ever tasted, and four guzzled like a shipwrecked James Corden. He slurped and munched and chewed, and entered some kind of scoffing nirvana where he quite forgot himself and everyone else until the massive cauldron was empty. Uh, uh, <clears throat> that... that stew was supposed to last everyone here for two days. And you have eaten it in one sitting? You have no manners, no decency, no thought for others. I like you, Clive. N any beer? <laughs> Tia, why can't you be a boorish hog like Clive? We shall drink, my friend. Brew, cauldron, brew! And brew the cauldron did, and they drank. They drank oceans. Oceans of the greatest beer in the universe. Thor and Hymir got along famously, like the obnoxious drunken beasts they both were. And both of them got very, very drunk. You are excellent value, Clive. Will you stay the weekend? I got nothing on, but hey. Mermaid, any chance that I could have a bit of a line of this cauldron? I mean, this beer is incredible. Oh, sorry, bruv. Uh, I could never part with this cauldron. You see, I have a debilitating dependency on the incredible magic beer it brews. I should probably seek help, but to hell with it. Arter, <laughs> don't look at me with those puppy dog eyes, Clive. Tell you what, tomorrow I shall take you fishing. Oh, I love me a bit of fashion. You're on. The sun rose like nails up a blackboard as Thor and Hymir staggered, hungover, down to the seashore where the boat was tied up. Here we are, Clive. Oh, gosh, my head. Um, the finest ship in Jotunheim. No, excuse me. I'm just going to be... I'm going to be sick. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Ready to fish, my friend? Yep, already, mate. Just feeling a tiny bit delicate. Nothing a bit of sea air won't cure, though. Hey, tell you what, sport. Whoever catches the biggest fish gets to keep your cauldron. <laughs> you don't give up, do you, Clive? Very well, you're on. I warn you, though. I'm the best fisherman in the nine realms. Righto, righto. I'll tell you what, you head out, and I'll catch you up. With this, Thor gave Hymir's ship, with Hymir in it, a big kick that sent it flying out. With Hymir gone, Thor took a big breath of sea air 
and looked across at the magnificent herd of cattle chewing the salt grass. These then must be the prize cattle of Hyman. A smile crept over the god of thunder's face, for his hangover had been a cunning ruse. He had a plan. A little while later, far out to sea, Hymir had cast off with his giant rod into the deep depths of the ocean, and now his line began to twitch. A bite by Njord, a bite! Hymir lifted his rod and hauled in an enormous whale. <laughs> Look at that! Even by my standards. Oh, wait till Clive sees this. Oh, ah, hello, sport. Oh, it's a nice little minnow you have there. It was a dripping Thor, hauling himself aboard. His beard frosted from the cold, and in his shirt was wrapped something that Hymir could not make out. His eyes, after all, could not help but look at that centra-chiseled bod. Ah, Clive, what's that wrapped in your shirt? Did you swim all the way out to catch up? All the way? Well, this is only the shallows, isn't it? Well, row his head a bit further, maybe you can catch something proper. That's the deep ocean, Clyde. There are great beasts and sea monsters in those dark depths. Thor rowed them further out into the black, rolling ocean. The waves climbed and crashed over the prow of Hymir's ship, and even the giant's craft was dwarfed by the mountainous swell of the deep ocean. Refreshing out here, eh, Hymir? Hymir was hunched at the stern, sheltering from the howling squalls. He was pretending that he still felt queasy from the night before, but secretly, he was afraid. He knew well the beast that hunted these waters, Jormungandr. The mighty world serpent that coiled around the realms was known to rise from the depths to feed. Even a giant feared the world serpent. I reckon it's far out enough. Time to get me bait out, eh? Flossie! That's the head of my most prized heifer! Yep. Snapped it off your best cow earlier. I reckon it'll make the best bait. With this, Thor cast off with Hymir's heifer head on the end of his hook. It plopped into the frothing ocean, and Thor let the line out so it dropped all the way to the dark depths. Hey, Hymir, Got any tinnies, mate? I mean, not really a proper fishing trip without a brew. Oh, 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 oh wait, wait a minute, hang on, hang on, here we go. <laughs> Got me a bite. Thor's line had gone very tight. The frost on the frayed line broke away as the rope went taut with tension. Something was pulling, something very big. Here we go, here we go. There was a mighty tug on the rope. The thrumming line bit deep into the ship's rail, but Thor planted his feet and hauled back. <laughs> Thor pulled and pulled. The ship's plates began to splinter and water began to pour in, but still he pulled. Till a dark shape began to show in the water. Thor hauled again and... The black ocean exploded in white foam, breaching out of the darkness, unwound the gargantuan coils of Jormungandr. The serpent rose high into the air, straining against the fishing line in its horrid moor, straining with all its monstrous strength. 
The cold water swirled around Thor's legs, but he held on grimly while his hand went for his hammer. Let it go, you fool! You'll sink us! I just... I just... need to tap him with the hammer. The cauldron's mine. Thor drew back his arm to hurl Mjolnir at the beast, but just as he was about to throw, the fishing line that held the beast snapped. Ah! Thor fell backwards, crashing into the icy water on the deck. He scrambled to his feet, but was up just in time to see the world serpent slide beneath the waves once more. And just in time to see Hymir with a knife in his hand. Do you cut the line, you flaming galah? We were sinking. What choice did I have? Look at the damage it's done. We may barely get back to land as it is. They rode back to dry land in silence. Thor was in an almighty huff, and Hymir seethed at the damage to his beloved ship. No one spoke as they tied the boat up, and not a word was uttered as the whale was dragged up to the hall. Both god and giant huffed their way sulkily past Tyr, who was waiting for them at the door. How did it go, Thor? I, 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 I mean, I mean, I mean, Clive. I mean, uh, Clive. Clive! <coughs> Clive! Who won the contest? No one won. Uh, I think you'll find I won. You cheated. You cut the line. You, you, you cheat. Fine. If you aren't satisfied on our fishing contest, Clive, then double or quits if you can break my drinking cup. You can have my haul, my cattle, and all my possessions, and the cauldron. All you need do is break this cup. But if you fail, I will have your life. Cup or death? No worries. Thor took the cup. It was almost as tall as he was, but Thor was mighty. He took the handle like his hammer and swung and swung, over and over and round and round, till it was a blur in his hand, then launched it like a meteor at the wall of the hall. Ah, ah, Nickers. There was a crack in the wall as long as a dragon chip. Chips of stone and splintered timber littered the floor. But the cup, the cup remained unbroken. Thor could not believe his eyes. Oh dear little Clive, perhaps I should use your head as fishing law. Before you die though, I think I'll have a pint from my cauldron. <laughs> the giants in the hall all laughed. Thor went scarlet with embarrassment and sat hunched down and desolate. He was not afraid to die, of course, but being bested by giants, well, that really got him where he lived. Oh dear, I can't stand to see you so crestfallen, especially after my husband's dishonesty. He really can be quite thick-headed. In fact, for my money, my husband has the thickest, hardest head in all the Nine Realms. Think on that. God of Thunder. Thor did think on it. He gazed down into the rich amber recesses of his beer and thought, and then looked up. Righto, righto. Oi, Himir, can I try again? Try again? 
<laughs> well, if you insist on making further show of yourself, Clive, then fine. Knock yourself out. Thor took the cup once more. He tested its weight again, extended his arm to feel its heft, narrowed his eyes at the far wall, then turned and whang the cup at Hymir's massive head. The cup screamed into Hymir's forehead and exploded like Andrew Tate's Twitter cred. The blast sent fragments flying across the hall as Hymir's eyes rolled into the back of his head and he toppled off his chair and went crashing to the ground. You're cupped now, giant. <laughs> now where's that cauldron, eh? And so Thor won the cauldron of Hymir fair and square and took it back to Odin as he had been tasked. Not that Hymir knew a great deal about it, but when he awoke to find that he had lost the best beer in the universe, he was gutted. <laughs> a cold turkey period of giant proportions beckons. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure there's quite as much reference to booze in the original, you know? I'd say there was. We'll just have to see what the actual historians make of it, I suppose. Exactly. We, we, we've done our silly job, but, but keep listening for some actual insight. Instead of the middle-aged shrieking of... The Silly History Boy's Shoe! And for all the shrieking, boozing and animal cruelty, we are... As always... Sorry! There's plenty more, please keep listening. Sorry! For one, I'm very glad to see that Thor really seems to live up to his Marvel adaptation, doesn't he? Yeah, they don't make everything up at Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> he seems kind of, you know, just the stereotypical superhero. He's not crazy smart. He's a little bit dumb sometimes, but, you know, what he can't fix with his smarts, he seems to just kind of, you know, fix with his hammer. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this was a really funny story and possibly one that our listeners aren't terribly familiar with unless they've read the uh, the sagas, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's quite a classic one within Norse literature. You don't get uh, too many adaptations of this one. It didn't occur in any of the Marvel films, for instance. <laughs> um. I mean, so where does this story come from? Where, where does it first appear? Yeah, so the bulk of this story comes from one of the poems of the Poetic Edda, uh, a poem called Humisquida, or Jaime's Poem. <laughs> In this poem, the very start of it, the gods basically rock up at the home of Agir, the personification of the sea. He pops up last time, I think, when we were talking about the mead of poetry. Yeah, he did. He was the one that had to listen to poor Braggy talk about all the, you know, different yeah. references in the mead of poetry, didn't he? Rambling on and on and on. So, so he, he's a little bit better off this time, I think. A bit. And uh, Thor appears at his house with all the other gods and goes, <laughs> We're thirsty! We're so thirsty! Give us some beer! And Agir is like, well... I can't make beer for this many people, particularly you, Thor, because Thor is a famous drinker. <laughs> but the god Tyr reveals that his father, Hymir, who lives near the end of the sky, wherever that is, Jotunheim apparently, he owns a cauldron one mile deep, which is 
big. That yeah, it is. I wonder how wide across it is. I would like it if it was only like a foot across, you know, yeah. <laughs> just a tiny little flask. Tube. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that sets up the story that we've just heard the Silly History Boys tell us. They go over to Jaime's home, they meet Yur's pretty mother, who goes unnamed, I believe, in this version of it. Uh, so it does not pass the Bechdel test, this story. No, sadly not. They also meet Yur's ugly grandmother, who has 900 heads. Just a little weird tidbit that pops up with no explanation. Yeah, I mean, was she a giant? What's her story? Why Why are we talking about fishing when a 900-headed person exists? She's just there in the corner, knitting or now binding, <laughs> presumably. Um, Hats for each she, of her 900 heads. Yeah, it's, it's not relevant to the plot. It's just, there she is. Anyway, beer. <laughs> And it's interesting, the whole family are giants, which implies that the god Tyr is a giant as well. Yeah, I did wonder that, because isn't the whole reason Thor was brought along? Because he's the only person who could carry this big giant cauldron. But like, surely, if it was a giant's cauldron, then a giant should be able to carry it. Yeah, we're not supposed to think this much about (laughs) it, I think. Yeah. (laughs) So, Hymir is not the best host, we have to say. Uh, He does give them some food because hospitality is a very big part of Germanic culture. He gives loads of food to Thor, which he devours all by himself. He eats a couple of cows, I think, or something, (laughs) which leads to them going on their fishing trip to replenish the supplies, I suppose. Uh, Thor wants to row out to the deepest part of the sea. The giant Hymir catches three whales and is pretty chuffed which raises the question of how large the rowing boat is. It explicitly says they rowed out to sea. I mean, so like, you know, the whole reason they're on this fishing trip is because Thor ate a couple of the cows and there's no more food left. But there, surely three whales was enough to replenish. Surely they could just go home at this point. Well, I think Jaime is one of those rare giants that's actually is giants. <laughs> uh, the poem mentions that glaciers shake with each step that he makes. He snaps the beam of the roof of the house in half looking for Thor and catches whales at this point <laughs> as well. So a big gentleman indeed with a big appetite, but not an appetite to match Thor's. Today, we're sponsored by the award-winning Nidhogger Mead. Nidhogger Mead is made with all-natural ingredients and locally sourced Yorkshire honey. So Lucas, we know that the Vikings drank mead, but what's your favourite flavour? I love a hornful of Nidhogger's tangy lemon and lime mead. That's a good one, but my favourite is the elderflower mead. Good on its own or great in cocktails. You can buy your own bottle of Nidhogger Mead in the shop at the Jorvik Viking Centre or by visiting nidhoggermead.co.uk. That's N-I-D-H-O-G-G-R-M-E-A-D dot co dot U-K. And if you enjoy Nidhogger Mead, give them a like on Facebook. And then, as we heard in the story, Thor fishes with the head of Hymir's favourite ox, which is named Himinchriot, I think. A lovely name for an ox. <laughs> Uh, he catches the Midgard Serpent, which is big. Yeah. Surrounds the whole world, apparently. And he tugs on the fishing line so hard, his feet burst through the bottom of the boat and brace against the seabed. Now, they are in the deepest part of the ocean. I know, physics, so. you said not to overthink this one. That's, yeah. um, take your own advice, I think. Maybe he's got really long legs. Oh, that's uh, nice. Possibly. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jaime cuts the line before Thor can strike a killing blow with his hammer on the serpents. They row home, somehow, with two huge footholds in the boat <laughs> and three whales on board. Don't but overthink. It's a ma- magic boat. I'm sure it's a magic boat. 
And then we get that funny part we just heard where he has to break the cup, and it only breaks on the densest, thickest thing about, which is the giant's own skull. And this massive one-mile-deep cauldron is carried home by Thor. A little random extra bit happens in the poem where the giant Hymir is a bit miffed, he sends a load of giants, some of which have multiple heads, once again, <laughs> after Thor. But Thor has a very Marvel moment where he just throws his hammer and knocks them all out. It's a bit random and pointless. <laughs> Extra paragraph <laughs> on the end of it, but nice wide up. And then they bring the beer cauldron home and poor Agir has to brew a lot of beer in this giant cauldron for all the gods. I mean, something that I feel like is not really addressed is that, like, you know, the only thing that could brew enough beer for Thor is this cauldron that they didn't already have. Where does the beer that Thor usually drinks come from? Lots of miniature ones. Yeah, I don't maybe. Know. He's just got people working round the clock brewing in beer in tiny cauldrons. That yeah. makes sense. That's fine. I'll, I'll stick with that. Uh, the story also pops up, at least part of it does, in the prose edda in a section called uh, Gulfa Ginging, the tricking of Gulfi. So this is another one of those weird things where there's a story within a story. Right. This first part has a Swedish king who meets three men named High, just as High, and Third. <laughs> and they just kind of start dumping mythology trivia on him, as about 90% of these stories <laughs> seem to involve. And this story pops up in the conversation as a sequel to the story of Utgard Loki, where Thor seems to meet the Midgard serpent for the first time. And the question is raised, does Thor get revenge on the serpents? And then High says, oh yeah, there was this time he went fishing and he caught it and he nearly killed it. But in more words than that, basically. <laughs> Thor turns up in disguise and they go on the fishing trip. And essentially it goes the same as I've just explained from the Poetic Edda source. It does vary slightly. It's a lot shorter. Uh, it does show how there's actually a lot of different versions of these myths that must have circulated at the time. Yeah. There's not like a Viking Bible full of like doctrine. So we only have a limited selection of the versions of these stories in the modern era. Well, and that's something you've talked about before is that for the most part, these stories would have been oral traditions. So of course, people, scholars would have taken liberties and what was written down might have varied from who was telling it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we know this story must have been pretty widely known in the Viking Age because we can see scenes from the stories in some stonework that survives from the period. So there's the Altoona runestone from Sweden, for instance, where you can see an image of Thor fishing for the Midgard serpents. There's a picture stone from Gotland depicting this same scene with a mixture of other scenes from Norse mythology. There's a stone called the Hordom Stone from northern Denmark. Very damaged, but you can see a little bit of the boats and the Midgard serpents. And there's also a stone panel that I believe was found in association with the Gosforth Cross in Cumbria in England. And it looks a bit like somebody fishing with a bull's head, so very likely to be the same story. So clearly quite a popular one, because I suppose it's a bit like a sitcom, this one, isn't it? It really <laughs> is. I mean, it's just a straight-up comedy. It's yeah. just funny. They get in, there's just general hijinks and stuff. Yeah, very much up the silly history boy street, this 100%. one, I think, isn't it? Yeah. You could imagine that the actual myth had, would have a laugh track to it or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Filmed in front of a live studio audience. Like I mentioned at the top of the episode, I mean, Thor is just kind of fun, isn't he? He's very different to the episode we had last week with Odin. Yeah, if you think too much about Odin, it gets very disturbing, doesn't well, it? <laughs> you and I are constantly talking about what a creep Odin is, right? But Thor is just, 
he's just cute and like yeah. cuddly and he just seems like a good guy. Odin's all about long-term scheming and manipulation and dark, disturbing things for the greater good. But Thor is just straight to the point. He finds quick and easy solutions which, gem- which generally involve hitting things with a hammer, which always works. But I did notice that the one time his hammer, I feel like, would have really come in handy was breaking this cup. And it didn't occur to him? We're not supposed to think about it that much. (laughs) (laughs) There's a very strange logic to these myths, I have to say. Things that work in one story are not tried in another story. (laughs) And they find very convoluted methods of solving problems. But I suppose it would be very in keeping with this character that we've kind of come to know in this episode if he maybe just forgot he had the hammer for a little bit. He does drink a lot, to be fair. That's true, it's true. Thor's just, in in a way, he's quite relatable, I think. If you compare this story to Odin's quest for the mead of poetry, how convoluted was the plot line? Yeah. There's a war, they spit in a cauldron, this guy gets murdered by dwarves, now there are giants, now there's some other giants. Now Odin's in the story, now he murders some people, now he's a bird, what? (laughs) And that's even without, you know, saying that they brewed his blood into the mead. Yeah, it was, there was a lot going on. In this story, Thor knocks on the door and goes, Hi, can I have a cauldron, please? <laughs> and then they go fishing. And I like that the silly history boys gave him the, the nickname Clive as his disguise, because that's a very Thor thing to do. You can imagine him just going, Oh, my name's, I don't know, James, Tom. Whereas Odin probably sits up all night thinking, Ooh, what should my disguise name be? Hello, I'm Master Manipulator. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> and then Thor is just Clive, I do. Clive, hi. I love it. Can I have some beer? <laughs> And in the wider kind of myths and legends, Odin is very much on the side of humanity, but probably is not your friend. If it's in his interest to kill you, he might do that. But Thor, he's constantly defending both the gods and humanity from the giants. Apparently on a daily basis, he's always just out fighting the nasty giants. And he appears to be a family man with a wife and kids. Odin has a few um, affairs on the side, shall we say. And he's a family man who likes a pint or two hundred as well. <laughs> you're able to laugh at him, and he'd probably laugh with you as well. He's basically your best friend who happens to be a god. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes total sense. I can see why this story would have been depicted so often, like on crosses and things like you say. Yeah, he pro- probably was the most popular god in the Viking Age, judging by the archaeology. Those lovely little Thor's hammer amulets are found everywhere. You don't really see Odin amulets in many places, do you? No, I mean, I get it, though. Thor is protecting the everyman, so why not have his hammer as a a symbol of that, you know? And how many times in our saga stories have we moaned at the number of characters with Thor in their name? Well, yeah, true. (laughs) That is a very good point. Um, If anyone's looking for inspiration, maybe name your child after Thor in a roundabout way. Go with Clive. Yeah. you (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've mentioned before... That in the Marvel movies, Thor has a brother, Loki. He does in the Marvel movies, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to get a chance to hear more from Loki then? I think so, yeah. We'll have our sort of trinity of the major Viking gods, I suppose. (laughs) Perfect. So make sure you tune in next week for that um, and to hear more from the Silly History Boys. So we definitely need to thank the Silly History Boys, but we also want to thank Zapsplat for providing some very fun sounds for their story. We also want to thank Scott Buckley for providing the music for the Silly History Boys as well. 
If you liked this episode and want to learn more about the Vikings, then come visit Jorvik Viking Centre, where you can enjoy the sights, sounds and smells of the Viking Age. You can book your tickets at jorvikvikingcentre.co.uk. Thanks for listening to that Jorvik Viking Thing podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. That Jorvik Viking Thing podcast is a production of the Jorvik Group and York Archaeology, hosted by Miranda Schmiederer and Lucas Norton. Researched by Lucas Norton, produced by Miranda Schmiederer, Lucas Norton, and Gareth Henry. Sound designed and edited by Miranda Schmiederer.